Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Lashing Out Podcast and Nittany Sports Now Network. I'm Jared Prugar. He's Kevin Quigley. Kevin, Big Ten team wins the championship, put that asterisk up, and it leaves, I think, for me, Penn State wanting more, right? Penn State was so close to beating them in the regular season and ruining their perfect season. But yet, here we are. The transfer portal is hot. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's about to get even hotter. We'll talk about that later. But Michigan wins it. Harbaugh wins it. And I guess life's not too bad if you're a Wolverine. No, probably not if you're a Wolverine. Um, if you're Washington, it probably probably burns because, you know, Penix didn't have his best game. And if you're a fan of the Big Ten, Either way, a Big Ten team was going to win the national title, right? Washington's joining the conference next Technically. year. Technically. Technically. Um, but it's weird for Harbaugh. Uh, he's probably going to the NFL at this point in time. He went to Michigan to win national title, and he does that. Um, a little bit of sour grapes for me. Yeah, there's an asterisk. Michigan was probably the best team in the country. They had the best defense in the country. Penn State can't hold that flame anymore after what they did against Ole Miss. And it's just a what could have been. But um, Marcel Lewis Jacks uh, from Around the Horn, I think he covers the NFL in Miami or something. He was on Around the Horn the other day. And he was like, the problem with Michigan isn't the how good they were or that they cheated. It's that like their whole mantra was the meme of the guy like sticking the stick in his tire on riding his bike and then falling over and then like complaining that he's hurt. Like, that was their whole mantra, and I think that that narrative kind of got tiring. Uh, not kind of; it really got tiring, and that was that's kind of where I sit with the college football season. It's like it was just worn out. It's like the whole Michigan mantra was no one could overcome the adversity that we created for ourselves, like we could. Like that was like that was everything that you ever heard from Michigan was like, look at all the adversity, like not how good we are, not how like we're just going to let our on the field play do the talking for us. They just couldn't shut their mouths to the media. And it was so annoying. Right. And I think that's the thing. It's not, listen, if, if it wasn't for the stallion stuff, I honestly think that Michigan winning is tolerable, but they didn't need to cheat. It seemed, although, you know, you can look back to the way that Alabama lost that game in the bad snap. And that center is now at Ohio state. With, with Judkins from Ole Miss also. We'll talk a little bit more about the portal as we go along. They lose that – They win. Alabama loses that game, Michigan wins, and it's this adversity. It's the, the woe is me type of deal, and that just is, is so old at this point. And, you know, and, and, it's, and it's all fabricated within themselves. Yeah, are they a great football team? Absolutely. They went undefeated, and, and, and regardless of what you, whether you know what's coming, you still got to execute, and they executed – Despite JJ McCarthy being okay, um, and, and that defense pre- being really good, and, and that's you know they they beat Washington, the pack and Washington I think has their eyes open now. Uh, those Pac-12 teams that are joining the Big Ten, you got to come play some physical football, and and I don't think that they were ready for that type of physicality, uh, and that's what Penn State I think is striving to be. Uh, and I think that's one of the good things. I, I will give Jim Harbaugh credit. Jim Harbaugh is a very, 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 very weird dude. Um, and I think that might be underselling the word weird. But he he wanted – he had a brand for his program. He had a style. 
they fit that style and they stuck with it. Um, you know, you look back to that 2020 season and where Penn State and, and Michigan were, and I think you could easily say Penn State was, even with their terrible season, ahead of Michigan. Uh, and now that's not the case, clearly. And Michigan did what it took to to get to the promised land. Yeah, did it? Was it ugly? Absolutely. And it was ugly because they did it the wrong way. They did it a little bit illegally. Um, and, and I think there's still going to be more fallout with that, uh, which will be really interesting. It'll be interesting to see how this um, how this championship is portrayed. The last championship of this in the college football playoff is a four-team. Um, but kudos to Jimmy. And and I, I would expect to see him in the NFL and, and probably within the next week or so. Yeah, and if if you're Penn State, like, is Michigan in a better spot today, January tenth, twenty twenty four, than Penn State is right now? Yeah, one hundred percent. But you kind of look at what Penn State has gone through the last few years. They hired Kurt Soraka, was a terrible hire, turned out to be. Then their guy becomes available, and it was Yursich, and Yursich turned out to just be an absolute dud as an offensive coordinator as well. And so now it seems like. Andy Kotelnicki's got to be the guy. We'll see what that offensive scheme looks like. I'm excited for it. Uh, losing Manny Diaz kind of hurts, but bringing in Tom Allen as an experienced DC and James Franklin, whether you like him being Penn State's coach or not, is is there to stay. The program is stable. It, uh, it's felt like for Michigan, like Jim Harbaugh was on the hot seat in 2020. He turns this around probably through cheating, and it seems like he won. He's won his national title. And he's gone. Like, it just seems like that's how it is. But if you're Penn State, James Franklin, if he ever gets the chance to win a national title and wins one, he's not going anywhere. Like, James Franklin wants to be Penn State's head coach. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh wants to be Michigan's coach for life. I, it just doesn't seem like Jim Harbaugh just seems like a weird, quirky dude who's just trophy hunting. Didn't quite work out in the NFL. He fizzled out. I believe he got fired in San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken. I um, think he resigned. Yeah, it's so like Michigan job, like it's it's just like eh, I'm kind of fizzling out in the NFL. Let me go try college. Let me win something there and then come back. It's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. So January 10, 2024, yeah, Michigan seems to be in a better position program wise than Penn State. But Penn State does have some promise as sour as the Ole Miss game was and as bad of a taste that leaves in the leaves in our mouths. That's bowl season in 2023, 2024 college football. That's just how it is. And you look back to the Michigan game. For Penn State, J.J. McCarthy had 60 yards passing. Would you believe me if I told you Drew Aller had more yards than that? He had 70. And right. it just it right, like what could have been for Penn State, both in the Ohio State and the Michigan game, is it the offensive scheme? Is it the lack of wide receivers? Is it the offensive coordinator? We don't know. I think the wide receivers room has a lot to prove this year coming up, and we'll see how that plays out. And I'm not writing this team off, and who knows? This could be we could be talking about Penn State next year. In the yeah, same and, and that's the thing. Like Harbaugh is quirky. Yeah, I mean everybody remembers um, Quinn Nordine, the kicker that he had a sleepover with. Um, nobody will. I don't think anybody will ever forget that. Um, but yeah, he, he was successful at Stanford, which is not an easy place to win. Uh, and David Shaw proved that, and and after David Shaw continues to prove that. Um, and their lack of a conference really proves that as well. Um, but the yeah, ACC I, now. Huh? The ACC now. Yeah, right. So, again, lack of a conference. Um, 
But, yeah, you look at Michigan and, and the body of work. Um, I think Harbaugh essentially wanted to be remembered as a Michigan man. He went to Michigan. You, When you go to a college, and, and, and maybe this is different for you, Kevin, because you went to Penn State. But, like, for me, like, I want to be identified. Like, if I do something at Robert Morris, I want to be identified as a Robert Morris guy, right? I want to be a colonial. I want to be that guy. That You take pride in that. Um, and maybe you don't take – I would imagine you take pride in being an Indy Lion. Um, so, I mean, I, I get that, and I respect the hell out of that for Harbaugh. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, I can see the license plate. <laughs> But so so there's that. But I, I think now he wants more. I think uh, I would. Ex- I mean, he, he got the he got the Super Bowl with Colin Kaepernick. Let's be real here. Um, so like as a quarterback developer, Jim Harbaugh is really good. Um, and if, if not for a power outage, he probably wins that Super Bowl. Right. He beats his brother in the Harbaugh Bowl. Um, and I think that's a. I think it'll be a great situation. I listen. By all means, I think it would be great for him to go to Michigan. But again. He coached less, almost half the season from the from the hotel room. So I mean, it, it's it's not like like Michigan's ill-equipped to handle his departure. But most schools like that are are capable of handling that departure. And we're going to talk a lot about uh, one of the the biggest departure ever uh, for for a head football coach when we come back for the second segment of the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network. Welcome back to the second segment of the Laughing Out Podcast. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, Nick Saban retired on Wednesday, which is crazy to me. But what's crazy is now the stats are starting to roll in, right? Alabama has to replace the best coach ever. Yeah, the wins are not up there as as, as high as maybe some might think that they would be. But again, he has sustained excellence far longer than than many others, uh, than any other. Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna be perfectly honest. With you. I think he is the greatest head coach of all time in college football. Um, but it, those are tremendous, tremendous shoes to fill. But my favorite statistic, my favorite Nick Saban statistic, which is along the lines of the Tony Gwynn stuff and the Greg Maddox stuff, right? That you see pop up in baseball stats, where it's like Tony Gwynn where it lists like three different players, and Kyle Schwarber is always one of them because all he does is strike out. And it's like, Tony Gwynn didn't do this in the entire decade of the 90s. And these guys just did this this year. He had more first-round picks than losses at Alabama. That is absolutely pure insanity, in my opinion. Yeah, and the one that boggles my mind is, and this is why Alabama's recruiting classes were always so well, were always so good because, A, you wanted to play for Nick Saban, and B, if you went there for four years, you were guaranteed a national title. In his and 17 years, record, yeah, not a single four-year player. Yes, Bryce Young did not win a national title there, but he didn't play there for four years. So miss me with that one. If you played at Alabama for four seasons under Nick Saban, you won a national title. Like, right. what a model of consistency. And it's college football. There's it, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. It's kind of how it goes, but. That man kept that train rolling for 17 years. And if, if he didn't try the NFL, how long would he have coached in college football? He didn't get a permit. He wasn't a he was not a consistent college head coach until 1995. Right. 
Right. And it, you I know, was he six is... months old when he coached his first game as a head coach. Wow. Well, he was at Toledo before that, but his first game at Michigan State, I was like six months old. Yeah, and then he's at LSU, wins the tag, wins the title there. And honestly, if it's if it's not, this is a completely different conversation. If Drew Brees doesn't hurt his shoulder, right? If, if he goes to Miami, I think Nick Saban could. This this, this might not be a conversation, which I think is is crazy to me. Um, you know, with his tenure with the Dolphins, and he comes to Alabama, and. It's the it's the probably one of the best 21st century dynasties uh, that we'll that we'll see because you know the, the old adage is winning is is the easy part it's it's maintaining that and, and he maintained that national championship consistency longer than almost anybody. Yeah, and if you looked at the college football playoff this year, his team put up a better fight than Washington did on Monday night. I mean, they forced overtime, and if not for a bad snap and a questionable play call for. Jalen Milrow running it up the middle when Michigan stuffed them up the middle all night long. The play um, was there if the snap was if the snap was on time. That's a good play. Uh so Brenneman Brenneman had that that was an option play. I forget who it was, but they confirmed on Monday that that was actually just a design QB draw. Yeah, no, they right. had say they had some options. I think they did have a gap, but but what I what I think for me for this year for Saban, I think this is his best best year. It, I mean, it's a pure fight. coaching job. Despite not winning a national championship, he had his players ready to go. The way that they started this year, nobody would have expected them to get to where they were. Now they're here. And, and let's be real, this is this is the silly season, right? You know, you want to talk about the domino effect the portal has. It now it, it, number one, the portal reopens for 30 days, I think, for, for Alabama players now. Um, so that's gonna change some commitment things. Penn State, I don't know that they're going to get a trickle down out of that. I don't think anybody's going to leave. But there, this is a, there. There's some, I guess, tidal waves, if you will, here um, for how this how this goes. But now, Saban is done, and it, it's crazy to me. Like, luckily, I've been able to be in the same room as Saban, which I think is, you know, he's he's up here, right? He's he's super high up there, and, and the people that you want to meet. Um, you know, I was able to watch him coach. Um, as well when they played at Penn State uh, years ago, uh, but but now it's who's going to coach them, and that's going to you're hearing Dabble, you're hearing James Franklin, and I'm going to be the first to tell you he's not going to Alabama. I, I now that's not any I don't mean any disrespect to James Franklin. I think James Franklin at Alabama is probably pretty good, right? It's Alabama, um, but I they, I don't think that that's a that's a great situation. And Kevin and I were talking before this. Who would want to go to Alabama? Lane Kiffin has said it. Your your expectation is national championship every year. That's a great situation to be in. That's Penn State without the success. People expect Penn State to be a national championship every year, despite not winning one since 1986. So now you've got to find a guy. Is that Dan Lanning? Is that Lane Kiffin? Is that Dabo Swinney? Is that Kirby Smart? I would be hard-pressed to, to know that um, – I would expect Saban to have some sort of say in this. They've known this is coming. Let's be real. He's getting up there. Um, but now Alabama gets to gets to do this, and, and that's the first step in this big roll of tidal wave uh, throughout college football. Yeah, one guy to look at is maybe Bill O'Brien coming back to Alabama because that's a guy who has, co- has head coaching experience in college. 
I, I don't know if he's going to be in line to get the Patriots head coaching job should uh, they move on from Bill Belichick. But, I mean, I think that's a dark horse hire. I thought he was still at Alabama, but I just looked it up. He's with New England now. But he was with Alabama last year, the year before. Like, he's yeah, been in and, yeah, he's been in and out of the Alabama coaching room. Uh, Kirby Smart, there's no way he leaves Georgia to go to Alabama. Um, like you said, James Franklin is the fourth best odds. Dan Lanning from Oregon, Debo Sweeney from Clemson, and Mike Norvell from Florida State have the top three odds. Ironically, uh, Pete Thamel's tweet that showed the buyouts for coaches um, was edited. The first edition did not have James Franklin's buyout in there, um, so probably some agent work in there. Uh, hey, throw my guy's name in the name in the hat at least for the buyout contracts. But Dan Lanning has the highest buyout at twenty million, and Kalen DeBoer from Washington is 12. I, d- I doubt he leaves Washington. I mean, it- it's hard to say there is a casualty for Alabama. They did have a five-star wide receiver decommit who did not sign a national letter of intent. Um, in the early signing period, I do not know his name. Um, it escapes me at this moment in time, but I-, I don't know if you want to go to Alabama immediately following Nick Saban, because if you don't win a national title by like year two, man, that seat's going to be uh, in fuego. Yeah, I mean that's and that's what's tough, man. You know, you look at the body of work and how hard that is to maintain it and replicate, and it, it is tough, right? You, every four-year guy played for a national championship, one national championship. So, like that's that to me is tough. Big shoes to fill. I mean, you're following the goat, right? He is the best of all time, in my opinion. Um, so that's that's difficult in itself. But then, so say Davos Swinney leaves. And I think Davos Swinney, if Clemson was on the up rather than on the down, is, is to shoe it. He's an Alabama guy. I, I mean, Kirby Smart, I think, is his coach there as well. You want somebody that's going to maintain the success of that program. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. Listen, I, you can talk some buyouts out the window. I, I don't think money is an issue uh, with the Crimson Tide. But – with the amount of money that they paid Nick Saban, I think I saw it broken down like over the course of his tenure there, he's been paid like ninety thousand, nineteen thousand dollars a day, or something, um, which is really awesome. Like that's more than some people make in a year. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it's weird to see Alabama in this situation. Uh, and and when they make that call, whoever they hire. Say it is Dan Lanning. Well, does that open up some doors for other coaches as well to go to an Oregon or a Kalen or Kellen DeBoer uh, for Washington uh, or a Dabo at Clemson? So it, it kind of puts where does Penn State rank amongst those? I don't think James Franklin is leaving by any means, but what this does do is open up those conversations once again, and we're in that we're in that same vicious cycle that we're in every single season. Hey. It kind of puts Alabama in a bad spot by him doing it on January 10th, right? He couldn't do it before the college football playoff was over, but because in football you're seeing it with the NFL now and you see it in college football every year, like as soon as the regular season's over, all the jobs get eaten up or every jo- every person gets fired and hired within like two weeks and all of the quote-unquote great candidates are done. Now, Alabama has the trump card because it's Alabama and they can probably hire whoever the heck they want. But I feel bad for the program who loses their head coach to Alabama, and then they got to go find somebody else. If you're Penn State, you hope James Franklin doesn't go. 
because who is out there to come to Penn State to take over the helm? You're not going to be able to, I don't know, lure Manny Diaz back from Duke, who would probably be the best candidate for it, given the familiarity with the program. Like, some program is going to have a massive gap in continuity because Alabama is going to have that pull. Imagine imagine a time where Alabama and Michigan are both open, right? It's going to happen, probably. They could very easily – well, obviously Alabama's already open, but if Michigan's open too, I mean, those are two – now I do think the Sharon Moore would get the Michigan job. I, I think that would be pretty simple. That would be my pick. Hell, he was their head coach most of the year anyway. Nothing different there, really, unless he goes to the NFL with Harbaugh. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'll be really interesting to see how, where the dominoes fall with this. Um, but Nick Saban had one hell of a career. Um, and I think, you know, with him being an elder statesman in this league uh, or in this business, I think the writing was on the wall. The crazier the shit got with NIL um, and, and everything involving that. And, and kudos to him for not – and listen, when it's your time, it's your time. And now, you know, he gets to hang out with Miss Terry and – eat his two oatmeal cream pies and his diet Coke or whatever and, and enjoy the sunset. And, and he and it very well possible he could be hanging out with his old buddy Bill Belichick too. Yeah, and he's probably going to be – I doubt Lee Corso has – Lee Corso maybe has one more season left on college game day. Saban's already an employee of ESPN. He already has a weekly hit with Pat McAfee. You're going to see Nick Saban. He's just done with the 24-7 grind that is college football coaching. I mean, from August 1st until – or probably July 1st until, what, today? I mean, it's just 24-7 nonstop. I mean, 60, 80-hour weeks. Mm -hmm. You're flying everywhere every week. You have one week off, and you're going to every high school under the sun to try to recruit kids to replenish your roster. Like – the grind that is college football and the fact that he did it until he was 72 years old um, in today's day and age. I mean, Joe Paterno was, what, 86, 87 at the end there. But, I mean, he wasn't doing what Nick Saban was doing and didn't no. have nearly the amount of success. And, quite frankly, college football wasn't as crazy back then as it was um, today. Absolutely not. But, again, you know, you wish Saban the best. He will be – he'll be on ESPN – somewhere some way shape or form i i believe he would be the best case to scenario to take it over for corso of course they're not going to force corso out but saban will be on our tv screens if if you listen to his hits on the mcafee show on anything he is great he is a phenomenal speaker he had a speech today that i think i bookmarked that was just absolutely incredible from his radio show um a basketball player called in and asked him what he thought say he should do he's like well you got to outwork everybody it was just it was a great conversation but the the nature and the beast of of college football is changing and we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we wrap this up in the third and final segment of the watching out podcast Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and Indy Sports Now Network. He's Kevin. I'm Jared. Kevin, we talked about the nature of college football changing. Um, no different of that is or look at Penn State. They, they've hit the portal hard this year. Um, and, and you kind of look at the recruiting classes of years past or 
or lack thereof. And you see two familiar names from Pennsylvania pop back up on Penn State's roster this year, transferring in um, offensive lineman Nolan Rucci, who was at Wisconsin, uh, Penn State legacy. Uh, and then Julian Fleming, South, Southern Columbia's Julian Fleming is back uh, after a career at Ohio State. Two big-time additions. They needed some help up front. And there is no position group that needed more help than wide receiver um, right now. And they've got their eyes on some cornerbacks as well with A.J. Harris, who is in the Penn State student directory, as well as Jalen Kimber out of Florida. A.J. Harris, of course, uh, from Georgia. It'll be very interesting to see kind of how things go with there. But college football is forever changing. I'm not quite sure that certain aspects of it are for the better, but it's changing nonetheless. Yeah, and if you look at the way Penn State has used the transfer portal, and I think it's the best way to use the transfer portal, is go get your needs. Olu Fashinu is going to be a top five NFL pick. They go out and grab a really experienced offensive tackle from Wisconsin, Penn State legacy. Probably wish we he would have come there out of school, out of school, out of high school, but he didn't. Julian Fleming, wide receiver room, question marks all about it. Probably more in the scheme than it was actually the wide receiver room, but it was a wide receiver room that lacked leadership, right? There was a lot of toxicity in there and just not a clear leader. Julian Fleming was plagued with a lot of injuries at Ohio State. He's probably not the most successful wide receiver. Is he going to be the best wide receiver on the Penn State roster? Yeah, probably. But he brings leadership to the wide receiver room, which is what you need. So they address that. And then they get uh, another edge rusher from Wisconsin, Jordan Mayer. I, I don't know if he's an impact player on the defense next year, but he's an edge rusher. You lose Chop Robinson and you lose Adisa Isaac to the NFL. So they go and replenish the edge position. And then finally they go and get a kicker out of Tulsa. And I forget his name, but Alex Falcons is gone. He's declaring for the NFL draft and you go get your kicker. So, and now they're trying to address the cornerback lead, the cornerback needs, as you mentioned. But that's college football, and I think Penn State has used the transfer portal well to that. So they don't look good in the transfer portal rankings because they're not bringing in 15 guys like USC does or 18 and 23 guys like Colorado does. That's that's building your team through the transfer portal, which is risky. Penn State builds their roster through high school recruiting and fills the needs through the transfer portal, and I, it's worked well for James Franklin. I mean, Chop Robinson was a transfer. Arnold Epikite was a transfer. I mean, there are guys that have – made impact performances and impact mm -hmm. on the roster and leadership brought leadership that was much needed to the room. And that's what they've done. Yeah. I mean, that's the portal has been the backup plan. Um, but the way that it is now, the portal is now the main plan for schools. I mean, you look at Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Lynn Given have done a great job in the portal. Um, Penn state needs to do, I don't, you know, we, we talk about recruiting rankings all the time and, and, and you know how I feel about recruiting. Um, yeah, it's a necessary evil, but rankings don't matter once you go to school, once you get, get to campus, right? Those rankings don't matter. Your stars don't matter. You are now a college football player. What you did in high school is irrelevant, right? You, you, you shouldn't be identified what you by what you did in high school. But it, it, the business is changing. NIL is a disaster. Um, the portal is a disaster. I mean, and so we talked about those coaches, and, and we didn't even mention Pete Carroll stepping down. Um, or being forced out or whatever. I haven't been able to read up much on it, but Pete Carroll at Seattle um, is done as well. But, you know, you look at it and whoever – Alabama right now, the players can leave, right, for 30 days or whatever. Wherever they get their coach from, 
those players can leave for 30 days. So, I mean, say we're in a world where we could legitimately see two or three of the final four this year not have the same head coach next year. I mean, you look – and obviously if Harbaugh goes and, and Saban is already gone, that's two. What if Sarkeesian comes to goes to Alabama or or um, or DeBoer goes to Alabama or or somebody like that? You know, then that's that's the craziness of this all. But for Penn State, they have they they haven't really they haven't really Storm Duck. I guess is probably the the, the one of the few strikeouts that they've had. Um, you're not going to hit a thousand, but Penn State's done really really well. The players that they have gone out um, to get um, Dante Cephas is probably. Up there too is probably the biggest, you know, lack lack of production that they had from a from a portal pickup. But now it's just such a necessary evil because you can go out and get a twenty three year old with experience rather than a raw eighteen year old, and that's kind of you know it, it's ruining high school recruiting too. And maybe not re, maybe ruining is is not the right term, but it's having a significant impact on their livelihoods as well. And I think that's something that that people aren't really. I don't know that they're not grasping it, but I think that's something that is a lack of conversation about that aspect of it as well. Um, and, and I can't wait for the COVID years to come out. Um, but it, it's just a weird, weird spot for college football. And, and it's not a good spot at all, in my opinion. No. And just to go back to recruiting rankings don't matter. I believe Marson, Marvin Harrison Jr. was the 21st ranked wide receiver in the country in his craft year for his high school class, and Jahan Dotson was the 74th ranked wide receiver in his class. So both of those are obviously high NFL draft picks. Marvin Harrison Jr. obviously much better, but was a higher recruited or higher ranked player coming out of high school, but he's certainly not the 21st ranked wide receiver in his class, and he's probably one or two. So uh, the stars don't matter. The rankings, the actual position rankings don't matter. It's does it fit the scheme? Does it fit the coaching staff? And yeah, we'll see what the transfer portal does. It, it probably messes up high school recruiting a little bit. Guys probably aren't as careful in choosing their first team. Go get a national championship at Georgia in your first season and then boot scoot and boogie on out of town. The problem is now that the NCAA, or I think it was the, what the court struck down the constitutionality of the one transfer limit rule. Um, so now every kid, you kid could play at four different universities in four years, which is just asinine to me if if you ask me yeah coaches leave all the time but coaches a coach is not getting four different jobs in four years that's that's not happening like if you fail at one university and then fail at another university in two years you ain't getting a third one you're certainly not getting a fourth job like that's just not going to happen right. so a one-time transfer through four years seems perfectly reasonable you make a mistake mistake as an 18 year old kid coming out of high school that's fine there's a lot of promises that get thrown around especially at the big schools they all cheat. I forget who said it this week, but it was like every college oh, team man. except for Vanderbilt. And it's uh, if you look at it, Vanderbilt sucks. I forgot who said that, but that was just hilarious to me. Yeah, Vanderbilt caught a stray, man. They <laughs> just caught. They did not. De- they did not deserve that at all. But there, there are a lot of promises made out of high school recruiting. I'd like to think that Penn State doesn't make those, and I think the fact that they only lost four transfers this year. Christian Driver was probably never going to crack the crack the roster or crack the field at that. And then they lost a couple of like four and five year guys that just never saw the field and they're transferring down. A lot of these players entering the transfer portal at these big programs are transferring laterally or trying to transfer up. A lot of Penn State's transfers are transferring down. Like 
Christian Driver's going to Minnesota. That's that's a step down. But then a couple guys have gone to like Kent State and Akron and mm-hmm. Old Dominion following Ricky Ronnie. Like all of those are steps down. The so. two biggest in that regard were Kevon Lee, who went to Mississippi State, and Noah Kane, who went to LSU. Noah Kane declared for the NFL draft just recently as well. But neither- I found that I found that quote. Um, by the way, everyone and I, I mean, this is an Alabama official telling. I, I want to say um, Brett McMurphy this. Everyone, and I mean everyone, is stealing signs. Michigan was not the only school doing this. Added an industry source, Kansas basketball cheats more than anyone, and they didn't do anything to Kansas. The only pure thing in college athletics is Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt sucks. <laughs> you're not cheating, you're not trying, or you're Vanderbilt is where college athletics is, which is incredible. Um, yeah, and then, and then you look at things um, in this regard. Kalen King. Let's talk about Kalen King. Listen, I'm not one to judge somebody's livelihood. I get it. I wish I had an option to decide whether I could choose between staying in college and getting my education or getting more education or making a decision that's going to be uh, generational wealth for my family. I, you know, I wish I could be in that. But instead, I'm like, what do I get from the dollar menu or do I have to see how many points I have at Sheets to get an MTO? And that's kind of the decisions where, where we're at, right, Kevin? I'm never going to judge somebody, but it does. And there's so much more now to the senior bowl than, than ever before, but he did come out and commit to the senior bowl after not playing in the, in the peach bowl. And, and I am going to hold off my judgment on it um, solely until I see if he plays, because if you choose to play in that over playing in the peach bowl, I think that's the issue. There's the issue there. Um, But the caveat is this, there's so much more there. There, there are meetings. There are, different skills drills it's like another combine interviews things like that with teams as far as that aspect of it that makes sense for him to go but if he's playing in the game that's a not a great look after not playing in the peach bowl no and and hindsight's 2020 i think we mentioned it in the post game jackson dart threw for how many yards 500 and some uh cam miller made his first start zion tracy made his first start if if you're Kalen King and or and Johnny Dixon, Johnny Dixon's not in the senior bowl, but if you play 25, 25 snaps, you you can easily do that. And Jackson Dart holds two seventy five yards, maybe, maybe you guys hold him under two fifty, like what uh, I forget who did it. Georgia, Alabama did to Jackson Dart. Penn State wins the Peach Bowl, and you're part of the defensive back group that holds that prolific, that high flying offense to under 300, 350 yards for the game. Like that does a lot for your draft stock. And if you play in the senior bowl, no one watches the senior. I mean, fans don't watch the senior bowl. A lot of NFL scouts watch the senior bowl. So it's probably a little bit more eyes on it, but bowl games still have their place in college football. And, with the way that things are going and with the amount of money that the NFL is throwing around, I think it is, you talk about the transfer portal hurting high school recruiting, the amount of money that can be made in the NFL is hurting college football. And Christian McCaffrey is probably one of the first notable guys to opt out, but he was playing running back. If you're playing cornerback, like cornerbacks don't tear their ACLs and get massive head injuries. And one of the most, horrific injuries I can think of for a cornerback is Ike Taylor breaking his forearm because he took a helmet right to the forearm and he broke broke both of the bones there. But like other than that, you don't see a lot of cornerbacks getting hurt because 
they're not in the run game. The run game is where people get hurt unless you're an offensive lineman and that's the pass game where you also get hurt as well. But if he plays in the senior bowl, it's just part of my language. It's a shit stain. Like it's weird. You couldn't give, you couldn't give your college program 20, 25 snaps. Like you didn't have to play the whole game. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird, but that's again, that's the nature of college athletics now. It's so it, it, it's kind of backwards in a way. It's unfortunate because these players deserve to do whatever they can to maximize their value, right? So, like, and you bring in NIL. Well, now it's pay to play, and, and let's be real. Like, we can't we can't sugarcoat that. We can't hide from that, right? We're sitting here saying, "Hey, listen, for two million dollars, you can come play for me." Okay, well, not many eighteen-year-old kids are saying no to two million dollars. Unless they I have say, five million dollars in that, yeah. I'm twenty-eight. I wouldn't say no to million. Yeah, save for jumping off a bridge, I would probably do it. Um, but that's just kind of the way that it is now, and that, and that's kind of the unfortunate thing. You know, people will talk about, oh, coaches do this. Coaches can go wherever they want. Blah, 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 blah. That's business, right? We can all elect to go different different places. But they need to really hone in on the, on the portal. Um, the two-time transfers got to have a sit-out year. And, and I get the coaches leaving. Keep that the same, right? If your coach leaves, you can get you can enter the portal and there's no penalty. Definitely. Right? A hardship with your family. That makes sense. Um, but two times doing it, you got to sit out. And I think if you can curtail that, it, it'll be a little bit better. Um, but, again – they let NIL get out of hand way too quickly. Uh, and that's, you know, that's college football's fault. You know, everybody wanted the NCAA to back the hell off, and they did. And now it's like, ha, <laughs> joke's on you. We didn't legislate, and now we're just going to sit here with our thumbs up our ass and hope for the best. Yeah, and you can't get rid of bowl season because the bowl season matters to teams that are 6-6 six and six and 7-6 and six and the teams from the Sun Belt and the Marshalls and the Western Kentuckys of the world. I think it was Western Kentucky whose quarterback, he was their third string quarterback for the game. He, The first, something happened the first string. The second string gets hurt. The third string quarterback throws for like 500 yards with his name in the transfer portal. Like those guys are playing to better their careers, both in college and hopefully get some eyes on them in the NFL. So like, the bottom half of bowl season where no one actually pays attention to it, like the Pop-Tarts Bowl and shit, the Cheez-Its Bowl and all that other stuff. We talked about a, we talked about a Pop-Tart being eaten, a live mascot being eaten. That's what makes bowl season special. And I'm glad you mentioned bowl season because bowl season isn't going away. ESPN's got way too much money tied up into that. The, <laughs> the Mr. Irrelevant Bowl or the Irrelevant Bowl has been proposed – I'm 100% on board with the Irrelevant Bowl. For, and, and, and if you're not familiar with it, it's for the two worst teams in college football. And that would simply be incredible. You know, that's a reward for being absolutely awful. But it's also great for those schools because guess what? There's potential to make some money and get on national TV. The only problem is only one team a year would have a chance to get in because, you know, UMass would be just like have a poster spot, right? They would be cemented in that bowl game every year. So it would have been Akron, and I forget who else. I have to. I'd have to. Um, it had to have been UMass. It was not UMass. What um, this year? Um, 
it would have been Vanderbilt and Akron. <gasps> nice. Nice. Yeah, right. So Vanderbilt, yeah, Akron, looking. probably throw some Yukons in there, some UMasses, and you'd have yourself. Yeah, and, and I think that would be great. Throw a shout-out out there to, to some of the teams that aren't great. But that's, that's college football now. And, and I mean, the money isn't going anywhere. We're still going to watch. I watched as much as I could. It's crazy, but it's true. Um, just like the NFL right now, they're going streaming um, for the playoff matchup between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Um, do I agree with it? No, but I do like Peacock. I think that of, of the I have Peacock because of the, of the Big Ten and watching Big Ten basketball. But for its value, it's great. You get all your WWE pay-per-views, which is kind of nice. Um, so I have no issues with it, but that's kind of just the way things are trending now. But that's life. I mean, who? if I had $20 billion and I went to Roger Goodell and said, hey, put this on my streaming platform, he's going to say, I did that yesterday. Yeah, and it just stinks for the rest of the fans who have to pay $5 more and his cable bills go eight up $8 a year because all these contracts keep, it, right. keep getting bigger. Uh, and in the end, the fans get screwed over like they do in the bowl season and like they do in the NFL. And then we keep coming back for more. It's a drug, man. It is. But we hope that your favorite drug is the Lashing Out Podcast. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. For Kevin Quigley, this has been Jared Prugar on the Lashing Out Podcast on the Nittany Sports Network. We'll talk to you again next week.